Welcome to Pediagogy. I'm Tammy. And I'm Lydia. And we're UC Davis Children's Hospital trained pediatricians in Sacramento. This podcast reviews common conditions in children to enhance our knowledge and the knowledge of other residents, medical students, and any other interested learners. With that, let's delve right into this episode. You are called to assess a patient in the newborn nursery for a rash. It's a term male with an otherwise uncomplicated pregnancy and delivery history. Mom was born outside of the U.S., but reports that she was fully vaccinated. She says that she did have a cold early on in the pregnancy and did have a rash, but that's resolved and gone away. On exam, you note that baby has blue and purple spots all over the body, and you note a continuous murmur on the left upper sternal border. You also note hepatomegaly on exam. So Tammy, what would you be worried about with this case? Yeah, well, the blueberry muffin rash kind of makes you worry about several torch infections in general. And with that murmur sounding like a PDA murmur, I would think about rubella. This is as opposed to a venous hum, which is another type of continuous murmur that would actually change with head position, whereas a PDA murmur doesn't. Perfect. Yeah. So the blueberry muffin rash is our buzzword for congenital infections, commonly with rubella and CMV. Hepatosplenomegaly um, is also common with many of them, as you had mentioned. But a potential distinguishing sign is this PDA murmur, which is a common association with congenital rubella and a common boards question. Yep. So with vaccination, we've done a really good job of essentially eradicating this disease in the U.S., which is why we rarely see it anymore. The last known endemic case of rubella in the Americas was in 2009, and that was in South America. In a period of 13 years from 2004 to 2017, there were 107 cases, 17 of which were congenital. Pretty much all of the cases are associated with under-immunization or immigration status. However, the WHO estimates approximately 100,000 congenital rubella syndrome cases worldwide yearly, so it is still relatively common globally. The fun fact is, one of our own infectious disease doctors at UC Davis, Dr. Chima, actually saw the last case of congenital rubella in the U.S. from a recent immigrant. Yeah, that's really interesting. Good for Dr. Chima. So if you had asked the mom of our case a little bit more about the cold that she had early in pregnancy, she might have told you that the rash had started on the head and neck and spread downwards, which is pretty classic for rubella. This is different from roseola, where the rash tends to be more central and spreads outward. Patients are most infectious when the rash develops, but can also be infectious several days before and after it forms. And the virus is transmitted from contact with nasopharyngeal secretions. And the incubation is pretty long. It's actually about 17 days. Wow, that's super long. So, yeah. the yeah, the baby is more likely to get congenital rubella with infection early on in the pregnancy, meaning like first trimester, um, which sounds pretty much like our case. So, what are the findings of congenital rubella syndrome, Lydia? Yeah, so big things are eye and neurological disease and cardiac defects. So, you can get things like cataracts, pigmented retinopathy, microphthalmos, so just really small eyes, and congenital glaucoma. As we had mentioned before, the most common cardiac defect associated is PDA, but you can also get peripheral pulmonic stenosis, which, remember, is best heard at the back rather than the front. Sensory neural hearing loss is also associated with rubella, and other common findings are things that we talked about, so hepatosplenomegaly, blueberry muffin rash, thrombocytopenia, radiolucent bone disease, interstitial pneumonitis, and growth restriction. 
children with congenital rubella syndrome also have been found to have behavioral issues later on and things like autism, meningoencephalitis, microcephaly, and developmental disability. Okay, so let's say you have a baby that you're concerned about that may have congenital rubella. Tammy, how do you go about confirming the diagnosis? You can get rubella IgM in the first six months of life. Um, But after that, if baby is 7 to 11 months old, you can trend IgG, so sort of those longer-lasting immunoglobulins, and look for increasing IgG titers. After baby gets immunized, though, these titers are pretty difficult to interpret because is it from vaccination or is it from actual infection? You can also do reverse transcriptase PCR or RT-PCR on throat and nasal swabs. However, you might get false positives with rheumatoid factor, parvovirus IgM, and heterophile antibodies. What do we do for these kids once we decide that they have congenital rubella? Well, treatment's generally supportive. You can think of this as whatever defects happened have already happened in utero, and there isn't a specific treatment for reversing the disease. Children with congenital rubella syndrome should be in contact isolation until they're actually one years old, so kind of a while, or until they have two reverse transcriptase PCRs that are taken one month apart that are negative after three months, so you still have to wait some time. Also, you should report this event to the state health department so that they can monitor and you know keep track of these things. But what about prevention, Lydia? Can we do anything about that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question and something that I had wondered about when I was researching this episode. So like, for example, let's say you have a mom that you know is exposed to rubella during pregnancy. Like, can you give her immunoglobulin to protect the baby? Um, It turns out it hasn't really been shown to definitively prevent congenital rubella syndrome. So it's not actually the standard of practice for most patients, but it is something that you can discuss with on a case-by-case basis with infectious disease. In general, we try to avoid live vaccines during pregnancy, so we can't really do the MMR vaccine due to the potential risk of vertical transmission. That said, though, the risk with the MMR vaccine is much less than infection with wild virus, so just something to keep in mind. After pregnancy, mothers who are not immunized should get vaccinated to prevent future infection. Great. So that was super helpful for me as a general pediatrician, even though I know I'm probably not going to see it very much given all this vaccination around. So findings that are associated um, with congenital rubella syndrome are uh, PDA, hearing loss, eye defects, and blueberry muffin rash. So definitely look out for that on um, your tests or in real life. Check for rubella antibody titers to confirm diagnosis and treatment is supportive. Best prevention is immunization prior to pregnancy. That's all for this episode. You can find additional information in the podcast description and our social media resources. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at PediagogyPod. That's P-E-D-I-A-G-O-G-Y-P-O-D. Special thanks to Orlando Magana at OM Audio Productions for music composition and Dr. Su Ting Lee and Dr. Lena Vanderlis for mentorship.